not here. Aye, aye. <laughs> well, we don't normally start the podcast in Māori anyways, but I feel like... Yeah, oh, we do a little bit of the no my heart in my and then Pākehā. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> ah, kia ora e te whānau, no my hara mai, ki te kaupapa nei. Ah, ko back to kura, te kaupapa. Ah, he tino hari a hau, nā te mea, um, e noho anau uh, i te taha o te tangata pai. Te tangata tino pai. Um, no mai hara mai, kia ora, tēnā koe, uh, te tuakana. Tēnā koe. Ko Himi Kelly, kia ora mai bro. Tēnā korua, kia ora. No mai ki tōku whare. Ai, ai, yeah, we're doing the podcast in uh, Himi Kelly's whare today. Kia ora Shiloh. Oh, kia ora Ashley, kia ora Himi, kei te hare ko au, kei ko nei, um, nā te mea, ko koe, ko rangatira, mō tangata Māori. You are like... <laughs> One of the leaders. <laughs> I'm just laughing at Himi's face. Um, but you're someone that we really look up to, someone that's helped myself and Ashley on our journey of reclaiming Kura. te reo Māori and for many Māori as well. Right. You've been such a big help, so kia ora. Kia ora. Wow. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I've been able to help in some way. Yeah, know. for sure. And so I guess we don't really need um, to introduce you, but maybe you could tell us a bit about yourself or, and or here queer. Kowaikwe. Te aharoa te ingoa o tōku marae. Kia ora. And you know what? I didn't know the name of my marae before I started at Takiura this year, so you have to say that I'm like very proud of myself. That's part of the learning, eh? It's rediscovery, reconnection, who you are, where you come from. Kei he tō marae? Te kōpua. Kei te kōpua. Ko te kōpua te ingoa o te marae. Kei waenganui i uh, Otorohanga me Te Awamutu. Oh my gosh. So like in between yeah, so, those two um, towns. My marae is um, near there, also by Tikuri. Mm-hmm. So it's Tata, so we might be Fanonga. What's the name again? Te Ahoroa. Te Ahoroa. Mm. Te Ahoroa. I've never been there, but I've heard about that marae. Mm. Mm. Oh, me. What's your whanau name? So um, it's on my dad's side. Uh, it's like Joseph. Uh huh. Joseph or um, Ahiwaka. Oh, yeah. Joseph's a big whanau. Oh, but the um, te wake? Te wake. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know that final name. Oh, te fare. Te fare. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> te wake or te fare. <laughs> te, I know the wake is from up north, but the te fare is definitely from Ngati Manipoto. Yeah, te fare. Te fare. Yeah. So, I um, that's at the my fanonga. Um, te fiu or te fare is the one that founded my marae. Kia ora. Yeah. Kapai. Have you been there yet? Yeah, Kapai. I used to go there a lot when I was younger. Oh, yeah. Kapai. But we'll quarter it all about that after and <laughs> get on with the podcast. Aye, aye. No, tino, tino, tino. Fine. Bro, um, pehea to ako ki te reo Māori. Like, did you i tipu ake koe i te i tō iwi i tō marae? Kao, i tipu ake hau i taihape. So, um, yeah, as I said earlier, dad's like Irish, Dutch and mum's Māori. Um, but she, oh, They've they've been living in Taihape like their entire lives, and um, we were brought up there, me and my sister, in a pretty 
rural community. Farming and um, sharing is like the main income for a lot of people there. So that was um, the pursuit when when I was younger. Everyone was doing that, and um, yeah, there wasn't much time for like learning te reo Māori or speaking te reo. So and also there wasn't even a, a kura in Taihape. Um So I didn't grow up speaking it. Although we always um, knew we were Māori, we knew um, where we were from on mum's side. Um, but yeah, the more I started to learn as a teenager, when I went to high school, the more I started to kind of connect as well with my um, my marae and my hapu and my iwi. And you said your your mother's side, what was your, your father was? Pākehā. Oh, Pākehā. Irish Dutch. Yeah, yeah, you get the best of both worlds. Aye. Well, you can, you get, you grow up with an understanding, you know, when you have parents from two different um, cultures, you, you grow up kind of, if, if you're, if, if that's the case, you often grow up, you know, understanding or having an insight into how those those cultures work and the differences and the similarities between those cultures. So, yeah, growing up observing all that stuff. So a lot of um, a lot of tikanga based stuff was still around, uh, but that it wasn't very present at all. Yeah. And when did it start to become a part of your life? Uh, high school. Yeah, I went to high school and it was there in like bits when I was little, little bits, but it wasn't until I went to high school. And um, I started taking it as a subject and just really got into it. Like I loved kapahaka. I loved hanging out with my mates who were all in kapahaka and, and te reo was just an extension of that. Um, so yeah, I like really, really got into te reo. Like I was a geek with te reo, yeah, at high school. Mm. And so even though you grew up not really knowing the language, did you always feel proud to be Māori? What was that like? Did you always feel connected? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always proud. Yeah, I was always proud to be Māori. Um, uh, it was, I think maybe the reason I got so into te reo um, and was because maybe I felt being a fair Māori that I had to, not consciously knowing about it then, but when I think back, maybe that was something like that that drove me, like a motivator was to kind of, I had to... Like prove, um, prove, prove myself a little bit more. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey gang. <laughs> your whanau <your> going past. <laughs> <laughs> your Jeez. Um, I, I think so. I think that was maybe part of it, which like was just having, I felt like I had to prove myself a little bit more. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever had a feeling... Um, of feeling not Māori enough? Not for a long time. I think maybe when I was younger, yeah. But um, no, I think since, yeah, when I was younger, yeah. Um, that Young people can be mean, mm. but, you know, like, mm. <laughs> and we say things that we, we don't really understand and um, we might not necessarily mean at the time, but uh, as you get older, I haven't, I've never encountered that that feeling um, and the more that I've uh, I think uh, engaged with my my reo and my culture over the years the, the more that I engaged with it the more that that feeling kind of just disappeared and we start to 
a fucker papa is is all that's needed to to be Maori, you know, and and everything else is is just uh, in addition to that. Mm. So what happened after that? So you were studying Reo at school, you loved it, and then what happened? You went to university. Oh, I left school early. I didn't get um, UE, so I couldn't go to university. Um, I, I didn't really like school, but I, I so I dropped. I, I mean, I was doing well with Te Reo and stuff, but not so much with other things. So I dropped out of school I, after sixth form and then went working for a little bit. Um, I did a few courses in the meantime, um, which were all like real based. There's only two really, but um, yeah, I, I continued learning while I was working or outside of school um, before I went to uni when I was 20 and then I did Māori visual arts like studied arts but then it was like real all the time so I was doing papers at uni then so the, the learning just continued yeah and whilst you were learning like I don't know the interesting thing for me in your journey is that were there as many opportunities back then as there are now? Because I feel like Māori is so wanted and so um, sought after in the world now. But I feel like 10 years ago, mm. that wasn't the case. But you still kind of kept that in your life and you still continued to learn. And Paitera, you know, Paitera Haringa Natimea, like, mm. tēnei te, te wao te hua, Ai. o tō Haringa, ne? Koina, koina, koina. Yeah, i mua kaore... I don't even think there was like YouTube then, but you know, all of the kind of resources that we just access with the click of a mouse um, weren't available. You had to go to the library. And so like coming across things were like, that was, I mean, was so much more special. It felt like, you know, coming across some cassette tapes or um, some recordings of Komatua talking, like those were like real special finds, you know, and, or even books. Um, so the learning process was really enriching because you, you you weren't kind of flooded with information. You just found these little gems along the way that like a little pebble on the trail that, you know, kept you hungry for more. Um, so, yeah, I think there are there's so many things available now that, that, yeah, we didn't even have 10 years ago. Just like the social um, networks on, on Facebook now, for example, Instagram, where if you're – learning in isolation you're able to connect with other people just by joining a page on facebook you know you didn't have that back then so i don't know i think it was it was real rewarding like learning in the past I, and i'm not saying it's not now but um yeah and now you're one of those things right <laughs> like you're like we were talking about it before you're one of the one of the po like we've got so many Ranga, rangatira, uh-huh. um, to learn from, but you are one of those for the younger generations, the rangatahi. Your mm. face is well known in Te Ao Māori mm. like for helping rangatahi, for helping tangata, like in the real journey, you know? So, how does that what, tell us all about that? Like, that's, hey, nui tera. It's, um, yeah, a little bit surreal. I sometimes, I, I just fell into it. Well, I, I didn't, it wasn't intentional, you know, just, it was, um, I, it really didn't happen until I think the whole Facebook group of Māori Fraser Day kicked off and, and that was in lockdown last year when I had lots of spare time and I put up a video, um, my first video explaining a, some sentence structure from the book 
And then it, I just did one every day and then that page just grew and grew and grew. Um, and then the Instagram and were followed on. But um, yeah, I just stumbled into that. I was just doing what I think felt right and what felt good. And I was wanting to create um, access to te reo for people who, who were at home as well during that time learning. Um, yeah, and then when I saw that it had this huge impact and there was a lot of people uh, following and, and uh, appreciating it, it, I thought I'd carry on. <laughs> were you surprised by the, the reaction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people that are wanting yeah. to learn. Yeah. Body. Yeah, I didn't expect that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a nice surprise. Yeah. Yeah, that as well. The amount of people who um like you, you get these, you know, PMs every now and then from people who are overseas or um all sorts of different people write and, and say how they appreciate it because maybe they're isolated or they don't have, you know, or they're reconnecting or they're wanting to learn or Mildy, non mildy so yeah, it's always that. That's always a nice little. What is it? Kind of keeps you going because you know you run out of energy sometimes, and when you don't feel like um, doing anything, they're like a, a video where you're trying to be all cheerful and stuff is the last thing you want to do, you know. So mm. having those little messages, those affirmations every now and then keep keep you motivated. Mm. Mm. I think that's massive. I mean, I speak for myself and being on the radio and having to be on. That's what yeah. I say. Like you got to be on, and it's yeah. hard to be on. Yeah, especially when you're, you know, you're in front of a video or you're on a podcast or whatever it might be. It's tough. So, how do you kind of? I feel like it's pressure. I don't know if you look at it as pressure, but how do you deal with that kind of, you know, weight mm. on your shoulders? Because sometimes I feel like it is weight. Because mm. when you go outside. You're Hemi Kelly from Facebook. From Everyday Māori. You're you Hemi know? Kelly from Everyday Māori, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that. I don't even think about that. <laughs> really? Is that what people... Um, I'm just Hemi Kelly, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what I'm doing essentially is just teaching in bite-sized pieces, right? On a different platform. And I... I'm doing what every teacher in the country is doing. Like what you're talking about, you when you're a teacher, you've got to be on because the students, the children, the teenagers, the adults, whatever level you're teaching at will feed off your energy. We all know that as teachers, if you go in a little bit sad, then everyone else is going to be at that level. But if you're hyped up, then you kind of bring people up to that level. So teachers always have to have that. That is a pressure. That's a lot of energy that we use all the time. And that's what I try to do on the videos is just bring that and put it into a bite-sized piece um, so that it is accessible for um, for people, for people out there who want to learn. I don't really um, – I try not to um, allow myself to feel too much pressure. I have my my little outs of, you know, my escapes. So when I, I do get feel pressure or um, – heavy then I'll, I'll i'll do certain things but um no i think i don't know i don't know what i'm talking about now i'll just <laughs> edit that bit out i'm like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i try not to i don't know maybe it's a personality thing mm. i don't know i don't know i hear part about your hiding i've got a question about your journey i guess for me 
And for Ashley, the reason why we wanted to start this podcast was to just take people on the journey of um, of what it's like to learn to do Māori and, and how we're able to overcome the challenges that we're faced being a takiyot and being in full immersion. And for you and on your journey, what are some of the, the challenges that you faced learning to do Māori and what are some of the ways that you overcame them? It was, for me... Because it was a while ago, rejig my memory. What's some of the challenges? <laughs> what's some of the what's like the main challenges okay. that you're on. facing? So one one big challenge that I have faced this year, and I know that so many Māori do because we get all these messages, is 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 whakama. Mm. Is feeling too whakama to mm. kōrero Māori, feeling whakama because you've grown up not in Te Māori, and then suddenly you're in Te Māori and having to learn all these new ways of life and culture, not feeling Māori enough, mm-hmm. all that sort of whakama. Mm-hmm. So I guess what are, what are some ways that you were able to get over that whakama if you can jog your memory back <laughs> to long ago, mm. whenever that was? Yeah. Yeah, that's a real issue. That, that's a real um, take, eh? Mm. Well, for so many people is that that feeling of whakama and um, – I think each person will overcome it in their own own way. You were talking about before about um, being in a, a, a wahi haumaru, a safe space, mm. gives you the freedom to to practice, to talk freely. So I think um, making sure we're always surrounding ourselves with um, good people, yeah, with good intentions, um, and. And 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 in that way, we're, you know, hopefully with the encouragement and the support of others. I think about this, we're social people, and and the way we overcome things is often with others. It's not that often. That we, it's a lot harder, I think, if we try to do it all on our own. Mm. Um, so tanga is a huge part of learning uh, te reo. It's a huge part of our culture. But when we're learning te reo, we're learning a how to express our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions in another language. And so to feel comfortable and free to do that, we have to be around people we're comfortable with. Um, there has to come a point, though, where you have to cross that threshold and you just have to pick, pick yourself up and go. Um, I, I don't think we can always wait for someone to – it's not good to always wait for someone to hold our hand and take us there – or else we're just never going to cross that road. <clears throat> so I think at some point you do have to get across this bridge or this, you know, whatever the analogy is. I remember going to, when I was first learning, like a couple of kurareo and things like that, where I didn't know anyone. I drove down by myself to these kurareo and just the fear and anxiety inside me to go to the porphyry, you know, and to just be there not knowing anyone or what was going to happen, how it was going to be. But five days later, after being in that full immersion environment, walking out with, you know, 20 new friends who I'm still friends with today. So I think at some point, like, we all have those 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 struggles and those challenges, and there's always going to be people, if we surround ourselves with the right people to support us, but at some point we still have to make that, that jump ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Into the unknown, out of the comfort zone. I feel like that's what I'm doing this year at Takiura, 
like this is way out of my comfort zone mm. being in Takeuda and doing and you know like learning about my marae going back to my marae um doing all these things in Te Māori that is so new and, and uncomfortable but it also mm. feels like it's also healing Mm. And beautiful as well. Like I've never felt so tired in my entire life mm-hmm. being at Takuyota, but I've also never felt so rewarded and mm. so alive. It's like such a weird sort mm-hmm. of contrast to describe. I think that's what it's like to reclaim Te Reo Māori. Is like it's rewarding, but also yeah, exhausting. And you must have faced both of you must have had those like the same experience when you went to Takuyota. Like just stepping into this oh, yeah. place, not knowing. The first day, yeah. Yeah. Nervous um, But I'm pretty lucky because eh, I, I knew a few people like we met before going to Takuda. So that was, it was nice to know that I was going to have a mate in Shiloh there to mm. at least know somebody. So if you were alone, you should be like, oh, I know Shiloh. Um, my mother's doing Takuda this year as well. So that was another massive poem in my life mm-hmm. um, for the learning journey. So I, I, I think it's a little bit like, my experience and Charlotte's experience is a little bit different. Like I'm just, I don't know. Like I, I definitely have challenges and it's, and it's, uwa-uwa, it's difficult, but at the same time, I, I like, I'm just like really excited to be there. Eh? Like mm. I just yeah, love it. I just love it. And, and, yeah. and if it's no good, then it's no good. If it's good, it's good. You know, mm. but um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think like me puta toreo. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, me anui tera. I think, it, I think, um, yeah, it's sometimes the, the nature of a person or the personality of a person. Some people are really excited and keen to practice and try, and they they don't feel those um, feelings of fakama. But the, I know there are a lot of people who do mm. feel those feelings of fakama, especially when they're around people who are more proficient in te reo. Mm. Um, yeah, I just always try to encourage a, a, a safe space with my own know. students as well. Um, I think the challenges always continue. Like one of the challenges that I still face maybe today is when um, I get told to speak. So sometimes, you know, there's people who are senior to me, my kaioko, my mentors, who I might go to, this happened just just last month when we went to Kaiao Tango Te Reo, Ahui Reo town. It was a symposium town in um, Ngāti Apaki Te Rātoa and Rangitāne Ki Wairau at the top of the South Island near Blenheim. And uh, Timoti said, oh, you do the response in the porphyry. Maui kōrero. So I can't can't say no to Timoti because <laughs> um, there was a group of us who were out, from outside going to this. And so that's still a challenge that I have to like deal with um, in this, this now that I'm, we're in this space. And you, you'll, those, you know, you'll know that similar feeling of doing a, a whakapua Kapuaki, where you have to stand up That's, yeah. and present yeah. or speak in front of other people. And we don't grow without challenge or adversity. You know, if we're just always in this safe little space in the greenhouse, we're only going to get so far. You know, we have to push through that the roof of the greenhouse to to go beyond. And I think in anything in life, without challenge or adversity, we 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 stop growing some some point. So. You know, it's through these challenges that we we get better. Mm. Yeah. Um. What What was challenging about that for you though? Because I know you were telling me, oh, he he asked me to do the mm. the response, mm. 
and you're like, oh, that's a challenge. But for me, looking at you, I'm like, what's challenging about that? Because you're fluent as in Te Māori and confident speaker. Can you describe your feelings? <laughs> well, I felt really vulnerable. No. <laughs> uh, standing up in front of 300 people uh, to... When you also when you speak to do fake audit or you're not speaking as an individual, you're speaking on behalf of the group that you represent. So there's a whole lot of other things you're thinking about. Have I have I covered off all the stuff I need to say? Okay, what's going on at the moment? Am I listening to the speaker of the Tangata Whenua to actually fake audit or so reply to what's being said? So just all of those things going through your head, the those kind of little um, pressures, I suppose. But that's that's also a part of it that's a part of our a beautiful part of our culture yeah, karanga and fai kōrero and upholding those tikanga those practices and um, yeah so you still get nervous yeah yeah definitely well, standing up in front of 300 people in te reo Pākehā or te reo Māori is still standing in front of 300 <laughs> people like, like it's yeah. still public speaking yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and that's pretty frightening for a lot of people Gotta be on. Gotta be on. You gotta, you gotta, um, you know, energize the people. They gotta understand what you're saying. You know, if you're boring, you know, you don't want Komatsu being like, like. That's the other thing. Yeah. What uh, are you bringing? What are you putting down for people to think about? You know, that's not just the generic. Temea, temea, temea. You know, mm. that's that's part of it as well. If I caught it or adding something to the conversation or starting a conversation. But then also having people like Timoti, Sir Timoti Kāretu, who's been an um, um, yeah, amazing influence in Kayako throughout the years, um, you know, uh, wanting to still be correct and um, uh, be right and with my deal around those types of people and um, and make them proud, you know, make, which is maybe the feeling that we were talking some people feel around. People like me who who mm. are learning the real, they wanna they don't wanna make a mistake. They mm. I, I get that. Mm. Mm. How does that en- encumber you from speaking? Like this feeling of not wanting to get it wrong. Have you kind of been able to get past that? Oh, I mean, I feel like at Takiura is a home maru, like it is a safe place. Yeah. But when I'm out in the world, like mm. in the real world, when I leave the gates of Kura, I freeze up, you know, like if someone cut mm. like if I see someone like, oh, I don't want to name drop, like Stacey Morrison or someone who's like really like proficient and you know they are and then they sort of start speaking to you and they ask you like a real Nawari partai, like, ketipehi aku, and you're like, oh, 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 ketipehi, and you're like, damn it, like I know more, I know how to say more than that. So I feel like it still, it still happens like when you just get those nerves, but it's just that, you know, like you were saying ways that we can overcome that. huh? I reckon like, I reckon it's always starting the conversation. Mm. That's the hardest part. Mm. Once you settle yourself inside the conversation, sweet as. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, oh, I just want to start the conversation and that's when it's the hardest because you're mm. like, oh, what do I say to say that so that we can carry on corridoring mm-hmm. or having a corridor? Mm. Um, and I, I, I still struggle with that as well because, you know, if, if you get into the corridor, the flow starts. Yeah. And you just kind of mm, understand so, it and so you right, kind of yeah. get it and you you know there's he- there might be some mistakes there might be some hapa but like kete pai because you're already inside kōrero Māori but before you start that's when it's the hardest yeah, it's just for, for me for me no like tika yeah. like that's right and for me it's also trying to switch my mind to stay into our Māori my 
my wairua to stay in te ao Māori because it's so easy to switch back to te ao Pākehā when you're out here like in the world, which is te ao Pākehā, right? Like Pākehā is everywhere. So for me, I've, I've been on this like real like hiding of trying to just try and get Nako Māori, which is what Papa Tafiri said to us in the beginning, is you're not here just to learn the language but to get that Māori heart. So I, so I feel like if I stay in te ao Māori, then it's a lot more Ngāori to just caught it all right to just start mm-hmm. rather than have to switch oh wait I need to switch back to Māori or to English Māori English and then you get Rangiroa and it's like oh kawaii like who am I <laughs> this whole internal little yeah, thing. Yeah, no, and, and I've only asked you okay to be here and te rā te wei watanga um, hooky nā te wei like okay to be here akwe oh kei te pai I remember like thinking of lines like I remember having lines that I would try and use so yeah you had your generic um, conversation starters but when I would hear certain uh, words or phrases and as you're learning it, you start to you just pick more and more up as you're learning. You hear things, you're like, mm, "What does that mean?" You look it up, you find the meaning, or you ask, uh, and you try. I would, I remember trying to use those. So, like, mm. I would try and incorporate that that phrase or that word or that um, sentence into a, a um, conversation, and <laughs> see, get see if it was right or see the reaction. Yeah, see the reaction. <laughs> um, yeah, I was really excited to do that. I remember like wanting to make it real, you know, like that's what makes it real. Real is like having the conversation, bringing it to life. Before that, it's just on the paper, mm. it's in the in the book, and it's having those real-life interactions that bring te real to life. Yeah. Do you have an example? Do you have any examples that you remember? Not right now. <laughs> I got one for you. The phrase that I learned last week, someone was um, doing a mihi in our class because she came from another class and she was mihiing to, I don't know who it was. And she said, aha ko te aha. Mm. And I was like, meme. I heard that one too. That's mean. And it stood out for me. I was like, ooh, like I think I know what that is. And I asked, I asked um, Tyler May, like, oh, you know, aha ko te aha, you know, no matter what. Mm. Era. And oh, sweet. Like, I'm going to remember that. And if I come here, I know Kitera reading a Kitera Koriru. Koina, Koina. And that's, I think, similar to what you're yeah, saying. Exactly. Aye, and then I think, like, once you build your foundation, you know, your, your reading a Mahi or, or whatever, you know, the E KTK, following that, once you've built those foundations, then you just pick up pieces here and there. Mm. And if you use it, then you'll always know it. Yeah. You know, so that you can use it. Again in the future, exactly, yeah, and that's kind of what I try and do every week. And kote mea nui kote fakarongo ne, yeah, like listen, and then if you pick up something, you're like, oh, what is that? What is that? Like, what is that? What are they? I hear that all the time, but I don't know what it is. He partai taku, you know. Oh, sweet, kete mo, kete mo. Koya, koya, that's beautiful. So it's like it's in that moment, it's just a word that's been spoken, and it's kind of drifting into takiwa in in the air. Mm. And it's ready for you to catch it, and then you've got to like embed it in your your being. I think maybe this aligns with what Papa Tafiri is saying. Like, te reo is just spoken words, right? But once you start to learn, you start to learn tikanga and our, our culture and our practices and all that goes with it. But the reo you starts starts to become a part of of you. Mm-hmm. 
it's no longer just a word or a phrase. It becomes ingrained in your psyche and it becomes a, a really intimate part of you and that you can't uh, separate from yourself. So I, I can think of those times that that happened to me, but I <clears throat> can't really recall any one phrase because now those words and phrases have just become a part of who I am. And so as time goes by <clears throat> and you start to do that, you start to think more in Māori, you start to dream more in Māori, and speaking just becomes more and more natural. Yeah. <laughs> sometime, sometime in the yeah. near future, it's in my life. One day, one day. That's the goal, I think, is that yeah. we want, like for me, I want it just to be natural, just to come out, just to be a part of me rather than having to think or whakaaroaro about what I want to say, like for it mm. to just be in my heart, in my mm. nako. Mm-hmm. And part of my, like, of who I am. Yeah, yeah. It's a hope that that'll happen. It's a lot of hard work, though, eh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Hemi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you guys are on the right track. Taking a whole year off to like kickstart and what is it's like? Um, what's the word they're using? I don't know, like progressive learning, like quick start learning. Anyway, rumaki. Full immersion, rumaki. Yeah, full immersion, rumaki is the way to go. Drowning. (laughs) (laughs) Rumaki does mean drown as well. It's the way to go because like one night a week doing a class is is slow going. Yeah. Like So for you on your real journey, so you were doing courses here and there. So have you been constantly learning since high school pretty much doing Doing classes and things, or what? What's it been like for your real journey? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I'm like you. I like to write. Um, so writing was like a, a really useful tool, tool for me. Mm. So I would learn things or along the way, and then I would like write what <laughs> I used to call back then poems or waiata. But if I look at them now, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, like. But for me, that was a way of expressing what I've been learning. Um, uh, I read a lot. So any kind of book I could get my hands on, mm-hmm. I would um, read exercise books, but also, yeah, just any kind of book with Tereo in it. Um, and I used to watch stuff as well. You know, this was before podcasts and mm-hmm. and stuff, so... Yeah, just it's just a continuum. There's no there's no end line. You just carry on. They're still learning. learning. Yeah, still learning. Yep. Yeah, there's still phrases that I hear or see that I are unfamiliar or new to me. Um most of them are kiwaha types of uh things like little idiom. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh that's a beautiful way to say that or you know, and I, I wanna take it or use it. Um some of them through yeah, reading. I'll be reading like um, for example, Rataka, uh, ngoingoi, the Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Uh-huh. It's in Te Reo Māori, translated by Heni Jacobs. Wow. Who's phenomenal. She's amazing. Um, and her, her knowledge of Te Reo extends my knowledge by, by far. Um, Heni's been working, yeah, that's her, it's her life. And so reading this book, I come across some phrases every now and then I'm like, not that I don't understand it or don't know it, but I've ne- I've never thought of saying it like that. You know, like it's yeah. a it's a it's a particular way of expressing uh, something, and I think, oh, I'm going to use that. I'm going to learn that. 
and then I close the book and go to sleep and forget it. <laughs> but, uh, but if you know, if you don't continue to write it down, or then yeah, you've just got to keep learning. Mm. Mm. Words, learning kupu ho or kupu tafito that are ho to me all the time. Mm. It slows down, you know. The learning has slowed down a lot, but still learning. And has the fire inside you that you know when you were at high school and you were nerding and geeking out on Te Reo Māori, is that still with you now? I think it's like uh, it's evolved, and it's it's not um, it's not so much about it's not intaking it's. Outputting now. Oh wow! It's so beautiful. it's the responsibility to. It's it's just a. Uh, yeah, I think it's a natural progression that eventually you two as well will end up teaching others. That's just how it goes. Um, uh, we 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 learn and we teach. Mm. We get and we give. So, yeah, we'll. Now it's it's about thinking. Now I get excited about, or oh, what resource can I create, or what um, what project can I work on next? Um, a podcast. I've got ideas to progress my podcast and bring someone else in, like as a student learner. So I want to do that. Um, I've got a, a, a nanny back home who's one of our last native speakers who um, she wants to write some stories. So I want to help her do that, like and work with her. So like it's it's always like what little. Projects excite me now. Are still all based around Te Reo, but not so much about the the intake or the learning. I was There's gonna, learning along the way though. I, I was gonna ask you how to tino here here. He parts I knew he no like. Kete mohi o koe ito tino here here. Kete mohi o tato. Ah, kau kau kau. I. Itane. What Ashley asked was, what is your desire? Like, yeah. What is your hopes or your dreams? I think we're really lucky, our generation, that we have so many options mm. when it comes to career and mahi. And, and now with Te Reo, there, there are so many opportunities to do all sorts of different things. Like Everyone wants to learn, it seems like. So there's, you know, contracting work with organizations and companies translation work if that's what you want to get into teaching there's always a shortage of teachers media so like there's all these places you can go into with te reo now and learn a good living um i don't know i think i'll just keep exploring like i've tried a few things <laughs> i've yeah. done, done a few things you're an author yeah author. yeah and so i've given that a go and like thought no i don't want to be a you know i don't want to write books for the rest of my life you know that's not a lot i've enjoyed what I've done there but I'm going to try something else now and um, teaching I know I don't want to do that forever but maybe going into training teachers at some point I'm not sure I think this yeah we're lucky that we have that option to kind of have a dabble here move on try something new so Mm. I'll keep doing that because you've written two which was a Maori word a day and Maori phrase a day. How do those come about? Because those are I've seen those in so many homes that Ooh. I go to. So many people use those as a resource yeah. for learning Maori as long along with uh, Scotty Morrison's books. Yeah. Yeah, his books are amazing. There's a whole suite of them. Hey. Mm. Um that started with uh Moitu, Sleep Standing, which was um Witi as we Witi Himaida's book. 
that was translated in 2017. So I worked with him. He published, uh, we published it. It was uh, in Mau- in English and Māori. So the Māori translation sat next to the uh, original, his his novel. Um, that was, um, yeah, which is very generous and allowed me to translate his Puka Puka, which was about the Battle of Orako, which happened in Ngāti Maniapoto. So um, that was a little journey in itself, that whole book. Uh, but that book led me to know the publishers, um, Penguin Random House, and they came to me with the idea about a Māori word a day. And so I worked with someone from there to develop the idea more, and then it led to that book, and then a Māori phrase a day was the follow-on of that. So yeah, me mihi, kia witi, for opening the door, and also the the publishing company, Penguin Random House, for wanting to create those two puka puka. And you've also translated uh, The Alchemist as well, which is amazing. And that's something that I'm really wanting to know is about the mahi of translating from Pākehā to Māori. What's that like? And especially to translate a book so well-known as The Alchemist. You know, mm. That's a worldwide bestseller book. Mm. What was that like for you in translating? Oh, that was, a, that was such a cool opportunity. Yeah, because that book is a favourite of mine. I've... I remember reading it when I was younger. Um, it starts when we start learning the translation process. You know, we start translating in our mind what we want to say or what the other person's saying in te reo to us. So that that whole process starts at the very very beginning stages, and then I think once you get to a a level of proficiency in te reo and English, you start to if you want to. Um, have a tattoo for want of better words with with translating. Um, and I was always, that's something else that I was always into was translating. Like I like playing with words. I like the challenge of um, translating the the ideas behind this corridor into te reo. And so, uh, and I've also had some great mentors to, to, to help me along the way, like Pania Papa. And so she was part of the Kotahiro Puka Puka. Project, which is to have a hundred um, popular titles translated into Te Reo over a long period, and yeah, the Alchemist Teruanuku was part of that first release. Harepota, Teruanuku, oh, the places you'll you'll go, Doctor mm-hmm. Seuss, and and Timothy's book, Matamua Kotekupu. Yeah, so it was a bit of a challenge. It's always a challenge. Um, you come across. The, although the language in that book is not, no, there was definitely some parts that I I had to dwell on and think about for for a while before I was happy with what I decided on, before taking it to someone else and then asking them what they think. So yeah, there's parts of the puka puka that you you know you flow through, and then there was parts where I was like, oh man, how do you translate that? Like, um. I'm trying to think of an example, but yeah, there was concepts that were hard to translate. Destiny, mm. that, that, the, the concept of a destiny, translating that into te reo. Um, the soul of the universe, these these like these reoccurring themes in that book. Like, okay, what's that doesn't really exist in te reo, te reo Māori, or does it? And like, what's our equivalent? Yeah, thinking about all that stuff. So was it your whakaaro that 
Picardo, that you had to, or the, like you just said, you had to go to someone and ask them like, when you come across a word that you're not familiar with or that you're not sure how to capture, mm. then what do you do? Like, do you think, okay, this is what I think? This mm-hmm. is my Ficaro around this word? Or, like, what's your, what do you do? Yeah, in the first instance, I'll sit on it for a little bit and, and wānanga. Uh, I'll do some research. Um, I'll uh, have a look through the dictionaries that exist, um, through the old Māori newspapers online. You can do a word search. And so sometimes, like, a word will come up in those old papers that were written in the 1800s wow. you're like oh that's that's perfect you know or whatever it might be so there's a lot of research involved um before kind of deciding okay or it might come to you um it might just come to you you know when you sit on something for a little bit and you let it you s- the, the corridor that in maori is moya te po, you know sleep sleep on it and um it might come to you so sometimes that happened or sometimes it would appear uh, you know, yeah, just, you know. Yeah, tohu. Yeah, tohu, yeah, a little tohu here and there. Um, and then you'll take it to someone else and they'll go, oh, nah. <laughs> it's not nah, a what about this? And I'll be like, oh, that's way better. <laughs> <laughs> Should I come to you first yeah. before I spend a week on this? Oh, man. So that dream last night was just a dream. <laughs> um The soul of the universe, like this whole idea in The Alchemist is about um, – Everything comes from this place, the soul of the universe. And your soul and the soul of the universe are the one, are the same, one and the same. So, like, thought about Māori and Ngāko and Manawa and Fatu Manawa and all these different words and um, Te Toi o Ngārangi, which is the, the highest heaven. You know, we, what is the equivalent for us? And then is it right to go and pull that name, Te Toyongara, and put it in this book where it's it's got nothing to do with <laughs> Māori culture? You know, you got to think about that as well. Mm. Do you need to create something new? Because it's a whole new culture in this book. It's not it's not grounded in Māori culture. So, yeah, we went with, um, or I chose Te Whatu Manawa o Te Ao, which is literally the soul of the universe because it's a different, completely different culture in this book and so it would be wrong in, in, in ways to pull like the toyo ngārangi the highest of the heavens and put that there because with that name comes Eeyore and all the other you know deities that we acknowledge yeah, that don't exist in this puka puka lots of thinking a lot of thinking man yeah. a lot of thinking um I was just about to ask you like on your journey, it's been a, it's been quite a long one so far, starting at school and that. Mm. I don't know. I guess because we're just starting the journey now, you know, and hopefully hoping to continue. There's moments where we kind of go, oh well, me and Shiloh have been like, man, proud of that. You know what I mean? Or I can remember that moment along my way. Yeah, like that was a pivotal moment in my hiding Yeah, ite reo Māori. Um, do you have any of those in 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 your hiding What's one of yours? The decision to go to Takiura right. is definitely one. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really proud of myself. You know, both myself and Shiloh, we both worked last year. We had pretty good jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, both decided to to kind of throw that in and not all the way, mm-hmm. still keep the foot in the door, mm-hmm. but really focus on Te Reo Māori this year. Mm-hmm. And that for me is 
you know, that was the start, really. Mm. Um, so I'm really proud of that, and it's I'm happy about it. I even I'm smiling now saying it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and doing that with my mother as well. That's you know important to me. Um, oh, that way. is she on the course? Yeah, she's on the course oh. as well. So that's that's really cool. And um, yeah, the team of Tango Te Tau or Itera um, you know, my mum asked me, oh, how do I get to how do I get to get to Hell no, <laughs> man! I got a job. I'm trying to make money. I'm out here trying to, you know, succeed in our media, and mm. um, you know, that was my facado last year, just mm. last year. Yeah. And then lockdown happened, and you know, everything changed. People got a time to really sit down, think about, you know, what they're doing in their lives, and that for me was the the turning point in deciding. Oh, you know what? I want to go to my work and say I don't, you know. Next year, I'm going to go study full-time, you know, nine till three every day. Um, if that means I don't have a job next year, KTPI. Mm. Like, it is what it is, but I know that I want to do this mm-hmm. and it's the right decision for me. Mm-hmm. And I felt that inside me. So I was like, ah, oh, yep, sweet. That's what I'm going to do. And that, and I always remember that, you know. Mm. I always remember that as that was the kind of starting point of the journey mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Behe kwe. Oh, cool. oh, <laughs> similar to Ashley of doing Takayota, but I think one thing that actually stands out to me is uh, about like maybe a month to Takayota and going and seeing my auntie who can speak Te Reo Māori yep. and having a conversation with her in Te Reo Māori for the first time mm-hmm. and the way that it connected us together and especially my auntie being the one of the oldest left of my nana who I'm really close with who passed away before I was born but feeling connected to my nana through my auntie and being able to call it all in our mother tongue together, it was, I felt like it was so special. Mm. It was just a moment that mm-hmm. I just didn't know would ever happen and it was happening and I was like, whoa, this is crazy. But it was, I just felt like such a beautiful moment for me, like a, a milestone. Yeah. 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 What about you? Be here? Um Something similar, like I think there's be, there's been so many, and the the often these little little lessons along the way, like um, yeah, I remember the first time standing to fight Kōrero, um when I was maybe seventeen, um, and learning, you know, afterwards, like it was, a, yeah, it was a. I suppose I don't know. I I think it was a, a step in the in the just on the on the on the journey. Like I don't know if it was a moment of success, but because afterwards I got told, you know, do this and this next time, or don't forget this. So I think it's like all those little learnings. Like when you do something, or when I've done something, and someone goes, and I've been able to take something away from it. Um, like like doing folkore or like speaking with my um grandmother's sister and. And in Te Reo Māori, who was you know in her eighties, and so being able to do that, um, reconnecting with my hapu, with my marae, that's all happened through Te Reo. Although we always knew where we were from and we'd go back, uh, it was only for certain events, you know. And so um, because I think as as Māori, that's that's the bigger picture for us as we continue to learn Te Reo. We um, continue to maintain those connections or reconnect with our whanau, our hapu, our marae, our iwi, um, which I encourage you to, to do or keep doing. Yeah, 
I don't know, there's lots of little things, yeah, that have happened. Even for me, like saying my pipi ha. Oh. Yeah. Well, what's funny? No, I'm just like, I should have thought about some of these things because oh, I'm no, like, like, there's probably lots, but I don't have any. Right. Like, I mean, oh. your journey's been, your heading has been so long, but even for me saying my pipi ha out loud, out loud and actually knowing the mo- my moanga that I'm talking about because I've been there myself now, mm. knowing my awa, mm-hmm. because I've been there myself now mm. and saying my the name of my marae and knowing my marae, mm. fully knowing my marae now because I've been there, mm-hmm. not just for a tangi, like I've been there and, and so like even that for me is a milestone. Yeah. So there's, I feel like there's so many, which is probably why like there's so many for you, but there's so many little milestones along the way. Yep. Learning to do a Māori because it's not just about the language, like you were saying, but everything that encompasses to our Māori. Yeah. All that comes with it. Yeah. You ever had those tupuna moments? Yeah. <laughs> like, tupuna moment. Like it's like when you feel like, man, someone's helping me. <laughs> I've had so many of those this year. Yeah. Cool. Got one. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, we're supposed to be interviewing you. <laughs> um. Nothing that sticks out, but there's definitely always been little tohu, you know. Mm. Um, and I don't think it's always directly related to te reo. It might be um, just something that I'm doing or thinking about at the moment and there's a tohu there um, that I can see, that yeah. I can understand and I can see the see what it means. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think that's just part of who we are if we're open to that sort of stuff. But... um. You know, that's not always directly related to te reo. Yeah. It's real interesting. Eh? I feel like along the journey, I guess because I'm sitting and we're sitting with a lot of new learners. Yeah. You know, you can tell bright eyed, this, that, the other. I went back to my marae. Oh my gosh, I know this, I know that. And then you see people who have kind of grown up in it or they are kayako or they've they're experienced in te ao Māori, right? Mm. And it's kind of like, it's, it's not they're not emotional, but I just feel like they're less sensitive to those things. Mm-hmm. So they're used to it. Is that what I you think mean? so. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, think I don't know it what is. it is. Um, and it's quite interesting for me because, like, my fakaro and a lot of you know, the fakaro of my our our friends at school was like, oh, it's spiritual, and mm. you know, it's rongoa and my wairua and this, that, and the other. And I understand, and I have those moments, but it's interesting seeing people with been in the hiding for a while, you know, and it's kind of like, I think it's like anything mm. like, um, you know, when you try that, I don't know, pork belly from a certain restaurant for the first time and it's real good. And you keep going back there for I don't know, a couple of weeks. And after a while it's becomes ordinary. Was that a good analogy? Um, but I remember being younger and having all these ideas about what te reo meant to me, which have completely changed now, um, I thought te reo Māori was tapu and special and it's a chiefly language. And, and yeah, it is all of those things. But um, it's also a very normal, ordinary language as well. And it has to be in order for us to... Um, speak it you know on every day if, if we put restrictions on the reo or these certain um we put it on a pedestal <laughs> for want of better words then it's too hard to reach and we will we'll 
stop ourselves from engaging with it in certain places and around certain things. But, you know, Te Reo Māori is spoken in the whare paku, it's spoken in the garden, it's spoken in on the marae. It's, so it's, it's, it's a language that is and just another language in the world that uh, enables us to communicate. And uh, uh, it's not taking away how special it is and, and those beautiful moments that we do have in the beginning of our learning journey because it definitely is all of those things. But I do think the the more that you do learn and the more that um, te reo becomes a part of you, the more it becomes a very ordinary, normal thing. Mm. And... Um, and it's that's that's beautiful as well that I can be out at a pub with one of my mates and we can be going back and forth in between Maori and English just very naturally and normally. Or I can be at my um, uh, nanny's house with her and be doing the same thing, um, talking about anything, everything, and everyone. You know, <laughs> there's um, a time when we are. Um, depending on our beliefs, um, more open to um, spirituality. Um, but I, for me, it's it's not through or solely based around te reo Māori. That's more of about who I am and what I believe in. Um, but my understanding of some of our cultural beliefs has definitely deepened through te reo Māori. Like I didn't, you know, I think without te reo we don't, we, we can't really gain a real deep understanding of what tapu is and what noa is and what mana means and whakapapa, whanaungatanga, all these key cultural concepts we talk about. We understand them on another level through te reo Māori. Mm. Yeah, that I think is really hard to access if we don't have te reo. It's kind of the key. Um, I, I understand what you're saying, but I do think... Um, as time goes by, what what makes te reo normal is is us speaking it all the time, in every single context, about every single thing, mm. you know. And where do you where do you see te reo Maori going? You know, where where do you think it is in the next five to ten years? Do you think you know is it growing? Is it going to get more normal, more normalized? Is there going to be more people speaking it? Is would you? Oh, I think you would, and I think. I think obviously through the mahi that you do that you'd recommend it, but hearing you say it's a normal language is quite like, woo! Nah, nah not yeah, woo, but like, like wow. but it's, it's good to hear because then you're like, oh yeah, well, it is a language, mm. first and foremost, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It is a language and it's like, oh sharks, you can learn plenty of other languages as well. So like, what's the journey for, for the real in the next five to 10, 50 years? What do you reckon? I, I just want to clarify that because like, if you think about our tupuna, um, it, it was the language of everyday communication for them. So it, they knew nothing else. So it, the language was, but there are certain words, you know, that uh, there are certain aspects of our real elements of our real, especially when we think about karakia uh, or look at uh, farewananga, uh, we talk about atua. Yeah, there are certain things that are tapu, that are reserved for places and people. But the everyday language is the language I'm talking about. O paki tera? O paki, yeah. Kidding up. Mahia he kapuzi. Haramai ki te kai. Haraki te kura. Kia tere. The everyday language is normal. It's it's just about being able to converse 
Um, it's not saying it's not special or it's not grains and now, you know, so much is carried just through one word sometimes. It's beautiful, hey, how real, how much um, metaphor and how many things are illustrated and, and, and little phrases. Um, and also, the, the, I think the reason we are so, um, is because of the, the fight we've had to mm. endure to maintain our deal. Um, the, the fact that our deal is still alive today is, is amazing when we look at our history. Um, so yeah, we, we are very protective of our deal. And um, so I'm not, I, I don't mean to diminish any of those things when I when I say it's a normal language. <laughs> oh, oh, and, and I don't think, and I then, didn't take it that way either. Yeah. Like, and I hope people don't as well. It's, you know, I'm always on the um, understanding that, you know, you know what I mean? Like, because from those learnings and from those whakaaro, we're going to grow and we're going to develop as a people. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? Mm. Yeah. If we, if we don't do that, then we're going to maybe stay in the past or our language will stay at a, at a certain level Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. for a long time. So it's awesome yeah. to hear you say those things because, you know, it's good. Yeah. yeah. That might be a hurdle that someone jumps now because they go, oh, yeah, like, Mm. It is a language, like mm. I can. I, I learned Japanese, I learned Chinese, I learned mm. French. Yeah, I think sometimes we, I hear it a lot, even in my own family. Oh, I'm gonna wait till um to go home to learn the real. I want to learn the real from home, or oh, I'm gonna wait till I can see Nan again, and I'm gonna learn from her. I think, oh, these where are these ideologies, where are they coming from? You know, they, these these extra barriers that we put mm. in front of ourselves. Um, uh, it, it is if if we want to learn, we need to take every opportunity we we have or we're given or can get. And if that's a kura down the road that has the classes at night, then go to that kura, you know. And if the kayak was good and you gel with them, then stay. But you know, like just uh, yeah. Um, I reckon in the future we're gonna. It's gonna like what's happening now is gonna um, continue to snowball. I think that there's gonna be a lot more uptake at the um, beginning stages of Te Reo. Um, I think we're still going to see um, a few go through to a level of like fluency, but of course I hope that grows. So I think a lot of people want to know the basics. They want to know the big, the, the big, the beginner stuff. They want to understand a few things. And then I think um, because of other commitments and time and, you know, people go, that's enough for, they kind of, um, leave it and might come back to it later. But yeah, I hope to see more and more people um, progressing through to a stage of fluency where they're able to call it all reo Māori. Um, I hope we have like settlements of te reo Māori or papakainga of te reo Māori. I think that's a very like real thing that could be, you know, seen in a hundred years. Yeah, tērā, what is that? Like, what do you mean? Like a place where you go, um, where the shops and the bars, <laughs> the restaurants are all in Te Reo, the bank, mm. and the people who live there uh, all speak Te Reo. So little suburbs, real Māori suburbs or or rural papakainga. Mm. I saw that in Ireland when we were there. Oh, wow. On the west coast of Ireland, they have um, Galtex, and I think I'm mispronouncing it, but that's what they are. They're little towns that um, speak uh, speak Gaelic, Irish, and everything was in Gaelic. It was quite out of it. 
because you're traveling around in this English speaking country, knowing they have another real like us. Uh, and then you went into these little towns where everything's all of a sudden in, in Gaelic and the people are speaking in, in Irish as well. I was like, that's, that would be that'd mean. That would be mean. Yeah, that'd yeah. be amazing. Yeah. Where's the president? <laughs> we'll, we'll come and live there as well. <laughs> and we'll select the people who can come. <laughs> no. Have a te reo Māori passport. Yeah, pie. Yeah, pie. Yeah, Um, I just maybe want to say one for about the tupuna thing, mm. about 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 Ashley asking about the tupuna thing. I think for a lot of us, and just starting the journey, it's mm. a while. Like it's really hard, and I think that maybe perhaps is why we're so open to getting as much help as we can. Like for me personally, I feel like I've had to rely on my nana for help mm. even though I've never ever met, met my nana before mm. she passed away before I was born um, but I know that she was beaten for speaking to Reo Māori mm-hmm. and so for me coming back and bringing the Reo back into my family I feel like I couldn't do it without the spiritual help mm-hmm. and I feel like there are a lot of um, Māori who are on that yep. same journey of, of and I think when you've grown your whole life without something and then when you get it again I think that's why we have the bright eyes that, that you were talking about, Ashley, yes. the bright eyes, the excitement, because cause for me, I know what it's not like to have this, so yeah. I'll do everything I can, I can yeah. in my power to get it, to have yeah. it. And that's how I feel about Te Reo Māori, that that's why I'm at Kura every day, even though sometimes I want to quit it because it's like so hard. I'm there because I know what it's like to not have my language and my culture. Mm. So, yeah, like I just... Yeah. Yeah, it's and you're a part of that bigger picture. Like you're talking about your nan uh, getting strength from your tupuna, asking them for guidance. Um, we're just a continuum of, you know, the bigger picture because we're going to end up passing it on to our, you know, the generations that follow. And um, one day you'll be a nanny, you know, to these people <laughs> who are hopefully not having to do what you're doing right now um hopefully they'll be brought up speaking it and it will be you know their first reel and um they won't have to go through that because it's hard learning especially as an adult the time that you have to put in and all yeah. of that it's, it's definitely not easy so kia kaha korua kia kaha yeah get that strength from wherever you can to continue on but i know and you probably already know by now that the journey is so rewarding and there's all these little you know, um, aha moments along the way that just like fuel you to carry on. So, mm. yeah. And I feel like we're going through the struggle right now so that we can have those little towns in the future. We yeah. can have the everyday Māori that you're talking about uh-huh. where it is just like a normal part of everyday life. Well, for, yeah. for many Māori it is. For me, I'm not quite there yet, but one day I want to get there. Yeah. Kapai. Let's yeah, do this. Oh. <laughs> Any last advice? Any last advice for those who are listening who are on the reclaiming journey of learning te reo Māori? No. No, just... Kariko. Kia kaha. Kia kaha ki te kōrero. Kia kaha te ako. Like, go hard learning. Like, just... That intake, just keep learning, 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 listening, reading, writing, watching. Just you can never learn enough, and it never stops. 
And then you've got to have that output as well. So kia kaha te kōrero, kia kaha te tuhi, kia kaha te whatever it is. But um, definitely speak if, because we are learning, uh, we're learning our language. So, you know, and I see this happening with a lot of people. They get to a point where they're like really good at reading writing, but they really struggle with the kōrero stuff. And I think it goes back to the whakamā, it goes back to not wanting to make a mistake. It goes back to not maybe feeling comfortable. Kia kaha push through, like just get over that little, push through that little threshold um, because it's appreciated. I, I, I hate to see um, someone be discouraged by a, a speaker. Uh, if I was there, I'd tell that person but um, to shut up. But <laughs> if, if I think we've got to always encourage because so many of us have been there and sometimes we might forget. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's bigger than us. It's, bigger picture yeah mm. <laughs> maybe edit out some of that stuff oh, okay. fine. yeah fine. Fine. oh um, mutinga o te kōrero e mihi ana e, e mihi mai oha ana au ki a koe um, nau i whakaruru hau ki a, ki a mai oha um, kei te maumaharau i te wā um, o te timatanga o te kaupapa nei ko koe e, e tautoko ana um, kia mato na reira na mihi nui um, Ai, mo te kōrero hoki mm. uh, He pai te kōrero, he pai te ako ki te uh, ito taha mm. uh, yeah, Nā mihi nui nui yeah, Nā mihi, he me I tēnei tau i um, pānui tonu tō puka puka So I saw read your books The Māori Phrase a Day, The Māori Word a Day And I saw watch your Instagram So I keep it up Kia kaha Tēnā kōrua and thank you so much for all of your Afina. Cool. <laughs>